All right, I'm going to take a shot at that 10 egg 2 liter. It's ahead. a low shot, but what the heck, you know, it's worth it at this point. I mean, whoa, look at that. Unbelievable. You know, he's gagged. He's gone. He's gone. You're so, wow. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's, uh, wow. I can't you believe know, that. You, that uh, wow, that's great. You know, that's Dave, great. I, I got to tell you something. That's why I love the game. Man. I, I, I got to tell you something. Yeah. That really bugs me. Oh, sorry. You know, this is supposed to be a game about sportsmanship okay. and, and about friendship. And, you know, you're a little bit over I, the top right, here. You're rubbing it, it in. I'm, okay. I'm feeling bad. I'm, I'm sorry. feeling bad enough that I never win, and you're rubbing it in like that. It makes me not want to play. You're absolutely right. What kind of an idiot would do something like that? Yeah. Me. That kind of idiot. Well, I apologize. Well, don't hard on yourself. I totally apologize. All right. I won't I do it again. That. You're right. I remember getting mad, too, at a game before that. So, right. so let's go on. Yeah, right, no, you're let's right. Let's go on. All uh, right. So it's my shot. Let's go. My shot. What? Snake eyes! What? Woo! Snake eyes! Snake eyes! Snake eyes! Eat that! Eat that, Mr. Klein Schmidt, who's not on a counter. Woo! Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Two Half Squads. Number 51, and you yeah. didn't expect it that soon, did you, after 50? Well, we're assuming it's soon, because we're recording it on the same night, May 12th, yep. 2011. 2011. Yeah! C.E. Because we did way too many letters in the last episode, so there won't be any on this one. Yeah, we're going to skip this episode, and this is, of course, the Two Half Squads, which is the one and only podcast dedicated... 100% Ola. To the greatest game in Devered. Still the greatest game? Yeah. Even though I'm not sure if that was my counter or not, yeah. those two counters. But I, it's I not an issue. It's won. not an issue. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm just fine with it. Yeah. I'm absolutely fine with it. Yeah. You are. You look fine. I'm fine. Yeah. You may want to check with your doctor when Everyone's you get fine. Done. My doctor told me I would be fine. Yeah. He told me it was just a material thing. He told me it really didn't matter. It's good to practice your... Buddhist uh, detachment. Yeah, well, idea. this was my Christian counselor. Yeah. But <laughs> oh, okay, well. But see, if I was a Buddhist, it wouldn't have mattered in the first place. Yes. Of course, if I was truly a good Christian, it wouldn't have mattered either. Of course, hey, it's just material things. I think, you know what? I'm going to start pushing for a counter. No, you're not, Jeff, because material things are not good. You'll just be disappointed, Jeff. Well, my name is shorter than yours. It might fit on the counter. You, that, would you know fit what? On I would feel I would feel horrible if they put my name on a counter. You have to play at this test. point. I would feel horrible. I wouldn't even. You would because, consider it. Well, if Kleinschmidt is me, then more power. To I, I don't get it. You know the play testing. Yeah. So what? Play testing. We're putting out a quality show, and we're recruiting new players all the time from MP. Yeah, but play testing's the hard work. This is just the fun work. This is very hard work. <laughs> yeah, tell that to me. It's very hard work. Very hard work. Well, anyway, we'll see what happens. Maybe they could just... How about Sergeant Dave? Would I'll that turn work? over Sergeant the Passel Club to you, PASL, okay. and then you'll get credit for running the Passel Club also. Wow. That's a lot you're doing for the ASL world when you're yeah. doing all that. Yeah, yeah, All right. Well, anyway, what are we going to do in this show, Dave? It's going to be a wonderful show because it's going to have no letters to make up for those long <laughs> letters last time. But a lot of people like the letters. Joe's going to love this show because there's he no letters. He would love the show. Yeah. And there's going to be uh, a real quick 
what you've been playing lately, mm-hmm. and we're going to get right into the core learning, because you notice those ratings on the last one yeah. were low, uninformative. So we want to make this show extra informative. Extra informative. Close combat. Yeah. Yes. It's going it's to be good. How's Close that, combat. How's that beer working? Blah! It's been a long night. Yeah. Ready? Ready to go. Let's get started. Then we'll begin. Let's begin without the letters. Letters. All right. Well, then let's right into what you've been playing lately. Yeah, which is which is really a clever name for a segment that talks about what we've been playing lately. And it really it's it's kind of sad that we don't have music for it. And I, Dave Klein, have been playing the Coconut Plantation ASL Scenario J One Hundred One Journal, and it is Bougainville, nineteen forty-five. Are we recording? We are. 1945. The British, holding up with six, seven, eight, eight and a half squads, some leaders, decent leadership, actually, two radios and six light machine guns, foxholes, spread out around a coconut plantation. And it is a crud load of Japanese counters coming on. Eight three four seven six four four seven six three three sixes, and there's some pillboxes set up, and the British have this like thing going where you're like, well, should I put any effort into knocking out the pillboxes or do I just fall back? They have to kind of protect the pond. Uh, I played this with Dave Timonen, the pond on the board. There's a couple overlays. Highly recommend it. It looks it looked like the Japanese would overwhelmingly win. And going into the end here, the OBA, sure enough, came through with two modules, came through busting just enough Japanese to allow the British to hang on, mm-hmm. or the Australians, excuse me. These are the Australians, no offense to our Australian friends, to allow the Australians to hang on to win in the end. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was a really great scenario. I believe I looked it up on the Roar, and it came up. At well, I'll look it up now, but I believe it was pretty closely even, and I'll get back to you on that. So again, it was really unique in that it had these. It relied a lot on OBA, and I don't know if it's it's considered dicey with the whole you know card draw thing, but uh, I think there was may have been a pre-registered hex or something. But anyway, I loved it. Loved having these Japanese up front, and the, the British can Australians can lay some fire into those, try and bust that, and then they have to prepare for this onslaught. Of Japanese that got to get to break all the Aussies by the pond, and that was Coconut Plantation. Jeff, do you have any? I do. I have uh, Head of the Mace, which I played with my very good friend Dave. That's correct. Yeah, which we had a lot of fun with. We it took us two nights to play this. This is a scenario uh, scenario AP forty, um, designed by. Our buddy Ian Daglish, who we have never talked to and never met, but he's our buddy anyway. And we are going to interview Ian. Yes, I we are. Where we are? We, we got to get that scheduled. Yeah. Why is it so hard to see? Uh, we've just been we we've both just been overbooked. That's all. We'll get to it. So this takes place uh, on Mount Ormel in France, uh, the twentieth of August, nineteen forty-four. Elements of the first Polish armored division had accidentally arrived in the gap through which the remnants of the German armies in Normandy were struggling to escape the Follet's pocket. So atop the twin 262-meter peaks of Mount Ormel, which they termed the Mace, the Poles grimly resisted waves of elite German troops. Cut off from all supply, the defenders were conscious of the drama being acted out in their homeland, 
where the defenders of Warsaw were likewise besieged. Equally, they were determined to avenge the humiliation of 1939, so the Poles were really trying to hold off the Germans from trying to escape through this this pass yes. through the mountains this called the mountain. Mass. Yeah. yeah, I remember it well. My Poles and set up to you, defend. Yeah, you played the Poles, and I played the Germans, and you had a very good... Very good defense, I would say. Well, really well covered the board. Thank you. Um, especially uh, considering there was some interesting thing that the Germans got to do. They got to, they set up uh, kind of in the middle of the board, but then there were some, uh, in subsequent turns, additional forces coming on, reinforcements coming on from the mm, west side. Yeah, I think, my right, the west side. My right flank, I yeah. remember. And, so that um, kept me with units pinned down. Yeah. As you hit my left flank with your SS masses, right? The black right. counters all pushing in. Yeah, So, and you weren't doing a lot of movement, so you were pretty much set up defensively, I, I though. I shifted three or four units to the left. Yeah, that was, all. That was it. And and so um, it was. A, I had a pretty even front going, but the victory conditions were that just that the Germans had to exit 24 or more victory points off the east edge. Okay, so I and had I, my... Yeah, I had those yeah. British Firefly tanks, which were, could knock out your Panthers, I think those right. were. Mm-hmm. Very deadly German tanks coming on. Yeah. But a little dicey, whoever won those two battles, you know, make a big difference in getting points off. Yeah. So I really had to knock out your tanks. Yeah. But it was kind of interesting because there was um, some forces, that some reinforcements that we were kept off to the side. In jars. Uh, in jars. And... At the beginning of German player 2, 3, and 4, the German player randomly draws two 5-8-inch counters and four half-inch counters from the pool. And those come on as the reinforcements. And my reinforcements really were not very effective. You had that, that whole side, that north side, covered really well. Uh, one anti tank gun. gun. Yeah. Got a big number on you. I remember at one point... What was the what was the rate of fire on that thing? Cause, oh, three. Three. Yeah. Yeah, it hit a couple rates. Yeah. But uh, still, you... Managed to keep me tied down on that side. I that's all. That's enough. about all I did was I kept you busy enough there so that you couldn't sweep your your forces over to the other side to cover the stuff I was trying to get off. Right. I had my neg two leader on that gun, so he got tied down, stopping guys who weren't going to get off anyway. That was nasty. Did you get any of those regular German units off? Or they were all SS for the points? all SS. Yeah, they just broke and rallied, and yeah. then your firepower. Busted any little squads I had in the way, and then I lost the big firefly tank on the hilltop. I had right. all my, you know, guys can be hauled down, hauled down, and all that, but still you hit a turret, a couple turret hits, and yeah. But and you, and you played pretty well, poking in one area there, hitting the Schwerpunkt. Oh yeah, the Schwerpunkt. Point. Yeah. So that was a that was a very fun scenario. I'd recommend that. I liked Out it. The mace. We yeah. played it in two nights, but it's really a one night game. We just like to talk a lot. For yeah, a couple hours. We got kind of a sh- late start, and yeah. yeah, just took some time talking, played it through in two nights, and uh, enjoyed that. The Coconut Plantation uh, roar record is Australians thirteen, Japanese twelve. So yes, that was very, very even. Head and of the mace. Did you get that from Mark Humphreys? The roar record. Yeah. Is he the one that maintains the roar record? He posted it on oh, our no because we're <laughs> no I on our live video feed. He's in the chat room, and he actually <laughs> he looked it up for us and Thank posted you. it. I thought that's where you he know what, it. Mark. Go ahead and look up the third one we're going to do here: <laughs> issuing tank traps. That's the one I want to check out, and I'll look up head of the mace. And 
It's nice to have this extra help. Head of the mace is not on here. Oh, yeah, here it is, AP40. Oh, look at that. Germans 15, Polish 15. Hmm. Yep, I thought it was very, very even. Yeah. So our third game, well, my second one, well, it's my third because I got to play Jeff and Head of the Mace, Ishun Tank Traps, and designed by Ola Nigards, Ishun Crimea, 1944. And it has, it's a six-turner, can be really quick, but it had these uh, tank Tra- obviously tank traps that the Russian, the, I'm sorry, the German laid, because normally I think of tank traps as a Russian thing, um, but the German could lay these secretly on the board, and they covered the hex it was in and both hexes next to it. And if you're really, really clever, you can cover a lot of area across there. Uh, you secretly designate them, and the tank traps... Um, and anytime an armor fighting vehicle enters a tank trap hex or any adjacent woods hex, a die roll is immediately made. So this adjacent woods thing became very critical. Mm. On a die roll of less than or equal to four, it's turned into a wreck in the current hex. And any riders suffer immediate casualty reduction bailout. Infantry in the same location as a tank trap don't reveal its presence, nor will searching. So they can't just search it. And I kind of like that because a lot of times you lay all this hidden stuff and then they search it, they find it, they go around. So this game is really based around these traps. So they can't search it, so uh, infantry go right over it? Correct. Okay. It's only tanks go into it. And you set these up in open ground? Seems a little weird. Uh, Yes, and if the wood's next to them... Then then the woods are also a tank trap? Yeah, so they can't just go through the woods. So if they bypass the woods, ladies and gentlemen... You okay. get to count it. I got and that's it. what I did. I tried to yeah. hit bypassing woods areas and then let the woods be a bog check for anyone coming through there. Right. And I was kind of winning. Dave, oh, I'm sorry, Mike Stubitz. Mike Stubitz was hitting the tank traps on the right flank, and then he went around to the left, and there was this one center area that I left open because I was sticking by trees, and coming, in, so sure enough, he went right for that center area. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, I knew... That's what a defender would do or attacker would do. They'd swing around to that area mm-hmm. and think, well, if Dave's placed them all by trees. And yet I did not place a trap out of my normal pattern into that open area, which, boom, you know, it would have been would have been really cool if he hit that because then he would have went into panic mode. Like, where are these things? Yeah. So I felt he kind of figured out my defense and then hit the opening, came through. I lost with the Germans. I kind of forget now if it was a blowout or not. Uh, again, it seemed dicey. Did oh, do we have a? Yeah, Mark reports that uh, this has a raw record of the Germans eight to the Russian fourteen. Aha! Uh-huh. Thought it might have been a little tough. Yeah. Um, so if the I guess the Russian has to be patient. If they get lucky and find that opening, they can come through. I wonder if those players used the woods the way I did because I thought it was pretty clever. Very few areas he could come through unscathed, but once you kind of find one, boom. Run what were, what were the victory conditions on this? Uh, the Russians win by controlling greater than or equal to two buildings, providing they have greater than or equal to one mobile vehicle. So if you lose all the vehicles, oh. you lose. So, yeah, I'm not surprised by that. The balance for uh, the Russian is delete five concealment counters from the German. I'm not sure that helps. You know, the thing is the tanks were so big, 152s, two of them firing at you, 
that he just started to hit my defenses falling back to the house. I was still playing it. Okay, now I remember. I was playing it to the end. Playing it to the end, and those 152s just brutalized my remaining squads, and you don't have a lot. You know, you only have seven to start with getting chopped up that allowed him to move in. It may have come down to the last turn or two. So that's where I was not sure. Is this balanced or not? I, You know, it's, it was still kind of fun. It was, yeah. still, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, playing Mike Stubitz is always a great time. And thank you for looking that up for us. Well, the fun is important. It's If it's no fun, why do it? Correctimundo. Do you like to win? Sometimes. Jeff, you beat me in that game. I did, yeah. I remember you were that complaining was... about not winning. Yeah. But I did I did beat you. Not by much, though. That's a marvelous thing. Thank you. Jeffrey Hallett. Thank Jeffrey you. Jeffrey Hallett. Thank you. Won an ASL game. Thank you. Woo! Thinking of running for president now. Yeah. Oh, and they like that idea. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. No, really. Well, we don't have all night, folks, really. All right. Yeah, it's, all right. A, it's, a, it's only a one-and-a-half-hour show, folks. All right. Yeah, all thank right. you. All right, down. All right. I'd like to thank the members of the Academy. <laughs> yeah, so winning's not that important, right, Jeff? Yeah. Well, you know what? I don't care that much about winning. This is... But I but I hate losing. Well, that yeah, that's kind of a hard spot. I know it's a tough spot to be in. I, I really hate losing, and there are many times when I've dri- driven away. I've gotten in the car. I've, no, I don't bid tell you. Me this. I bid you a merry farewell. Bye, Jeff. Give you a hug. Hey, slap on the back. Bye, dude. Great time. Yeah, you're cool. Let's play Wonderful. again. Yeah, let's do. Dave can't wait to play again. Get in the car, and I think I'm if the, if we lived. In Colorado, I would drive off a cliff. There are no cliffs in Illinois. Well, there's trees. You can drive into a tree. I could drive into a tree. Oh, not that I'm suggesting But I don't like anything. to speed. Um, but <laughs> I always then think, you just, you I, know, always think yeah, I, you know. I will never play squad leader ever again, ever. And I get home and I say to my wife, don't ever let me play this game ever again. <laughs> and then I set an email a reminder to email me every day. For a month to never play squad leader. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I'm a basket case. My therapist loves me. If Stop I didn't have it. to pay so much for therapy, I could probably buy more squad leader. But anyway, you don't want to hear about all my trials and tribulations. All righty. What us. you do want to hear is, can I have another beer? You okay. may, sir. I mean, your first sir. one because it's a new episode. Oh, yeah, that's right. I actually have not had a beer for uh, about a week. Mm. So these are tasting particularly good. I'm still soda-free, and I'm finishing off my tea from last episode. Very good. Very good. That's a big one. Hey, guys. Whit Richardson again. You know what the real reason is I play SL? The women. You know, I used to play AD&D and, and games like Sorry and Monopoly, and, you know, I never really got any girls that way. When I started playing ASL, wow, the women at those tables, at those tournaments, spot on. You know, just last weekend at Albany, you know, every night, you know, I had like two ladies on each arm ready to, you know, escort me back to my hotel room and, and spend the rest of the night uh, talking about our defensive setups and the pros and cons of the IFT over the IIFT. 
pure heaven. Women and ASL goes hand in hand. How come I never have that experience, Jeff? That guy's living on another planet. (laughs) Thanks, Wit. Once again, that one was actually supposed to be in a previous episode, one that went blank for 40 seconds. Yeah, we don't know why. And so we resubmitted it into this one. We like to give our listeners, you know, 30 to 40 seconds every once in a while to just sit and think. Relax. Let it sink in. Reflect. Collect themselves. Meditate. Absolutely. And now, oh, I had one more announcement, Jeff. We did the box art review, everyone's favorite episode. Yes. And it was a, a, a WO bonus pack. What was that? Winter Offensive bonus pack. Yeah. And it had a photo that I said was a painting. And you said, no, I think it's a photo. And I said, no, I think it's a painting. Yeah. It had a little weird thingy going we did, on. We arm wrestled over that <laughs> uh, later on off the air, didn't we? And you won. And rightly so, because <laughs> yeah, guess saying. what? Why? Was I correct? Yeah. I walked into school. Mm-hmm. The kids had done their projects. Mm-hmm. They were making a presentation. Yeah. Kids were doing Bastone, the bulk. Bastone, okay. And bingo. Guess what photo was center on the poster? You're kidding. That photo that of the photo? American guys in the winter camo on the tank, making the nice triangle effect. And I looked at it and went, Jeff was right. That thing is a photo. So they just kind of photoshopped it a little and put it onto the cover. Yeah. So there it was. Just letting you know. How about that? It's one of the few times you'll be right, Jeff. You're a big man, Enjoy Dave. It. To, st- to stand up well, and admit I could, that. I could you lose know about 30 pounds. but I would put you on a counter. Yeah, I wouldn't fit on a counter. I just wait. <laughs> Maybe a 5 eighths. <laughs> 5 eighths yeah. counter. <laughs> well, that's terrible. Too much throttle. <laughs> that's throttle. Yeah. That's throttle. Yeah. And now, since we didn't get a lot of informative stuff in last show, Jeff, it's time for... Rules. Here we go. The boring stuff. <laughs> this is what it's all about. All right, we'll try to make the rules fun. The rules. Kids, boys and girls, moms and dads. It is fun. I always learn something by, you know... You bet. By t- you know, if you want to learn something, teach and, it. And relearn something. Yeah. By teach hearing it. it again. Yeah. So, uh, tonight, we're going to talk about... Something a little more intimate. Yes. That's right. So gather up and uh, be ready. Come on, children. Get cozy. Yeah. We're going to talk about close combat. Yeah. That's right. So you may want to put on some deodorant. Oh, yeah. So for close combat, we're going to look at the rule book on page A30, and this is uh, rule number 11, and it covers quite a bit of territory. Actually, the close combat is... uh, covers about three pages in the rule book, which is a lot of stuff. But it starts off pretty basic. And really, close combat is a it, it's the form of attack that happens during the close combat phase. There we go. Maybe we should just wrap it up right there. Let's there keep it go. easy. <laughs> no, but this happens when when during the close combat phase, when units of opposing sides occupy the same location. And in all cases... In all cases, it is when they are in the same location. And the only exception is... Is there one? There is an exception. Close combat actually occurs in in one case where they're not in the same location. They're in the same hex, but not in the same location. And close combat can occur. And it is when... I don't know it. Okay, well, when when, uh, the enemy is in a pillbox. 
Oh, so the correct. attacking units are outside the pillbox. Yes. The enemy is in the pillbox. Yes. Close combat still occurs, and that's that's the only occasion. So that is correct. Different <clears throat> locations, but and you know, obviously that's that's they're tossing grenades in there and stuff. Yeah, right. So uh, that's a pretty rare occurrence because there aren't that many pillboxes. Or now, no, now I have a question for you. I always think of these questions when we're on the air. I'm sorry. Oh yes, catch <laughs> me, catch me live. <laughs> but there are bunkers too, right? Bunkers are different from pillboxes. Yeah, no? they just have trenches attached to them. Okay, so is the treated the same way though in the case of close combat? You, you suppose? Yeah, the bunk. Yes, the bunker is. Okay, it's, it's still against the pillbox. Okay, not the trench part. Right. Okay. All right. So a bunker is a pillbox with a trench next Correct. Uh, connected to it. Okay, gotcha. All right. So when units are in the same hex, same location, they have close combat, and uh, the resolution is simply adding up the firepower points on the opposing sides, and seeing what the ratio is. And you compare that on the close combat table and figure out what you've got to roll in order to eliminate the enemy. You roll those dice, and hopefully you get them. And if you don't, hopefully he doesn't get you. Correct. And if you don't, then you st- then that close combat for that particular location ends, and they remain in melee they go they go into melee actually you put a melee counter on them and then in the next turn they continue on their close combat so yeah they're locked in there they're locked in there they're locked in melee which is actually quite true because they cannot leave we'll get to that so um the mechanics are simple you you just add up your firepower points on both sides and it's just the firepower of each unit uh and in the case of leaders leaders count for how many fire factors, Dave? One. One per leader. And um, now the thing about close combat is that you don't have to attack everybody at, at once with all of your units. So if you've got two or three or four units, whatever it is, and he's got multiple units, you can divide them up any way you want and attack them. Uh, one thing that you need to sort of do, which we don't do that well, is very clearly declare your close combat before you start. So the attacker starts first and picks yes. a location. The attacker picks the location. If there are multiple locations that will be involved in close combat, he picks the one that he wants to do first and says, who is going to attack who? Or is it whom? It might be whom. It might be whom. But when somebody's shooting, you really don't care about grammar. So you just pick which ones are going to attack who and resolve them separately. In most cases, in many cases, close combat is a simultaneous thing. So both yes. sides get to attack. One side attacks, the other side attacks, and then the effects are felt so by can, removable removing units. Or they can kill each other, both. Could be a simultaneous, mutually assured destruction sort of thing. Ah. Yeah. There are some cases where it is not simultaneous, where it's sequential. We'll get to that shortly. Um Support weapons are do not play any part in close combat. Yeah, which I always wondered about. We should talk about that on a ASL roundtable. Roundtable. Yeah, episode. have you actually heard? Because like you know, light machine guns, you can't fire them in close combat. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So no support weapons at all. No ordnance at all may be included in close combat. So the only thing that happens with those where they come into any. Any effect is that after the result of close combat, it's possible that those can be destroyed. The way that happens is if in close combat, 
when you roll for your result, if the colored die roll is a 1, then there's a possibility that the enemies, if you're eliminating the enemy in that roll as well, that their support weapons could be destroyed. Yes. If you roll a 1 on the colored die, then you have to roll again, and you have to roll less than or equal to the black to kill number on the on the close combat chart, and in that case, the support weapon is destroyed. But that's selective, is that right, Dave? The attacker does not have to eliminate support weapons? Oh, I don't know. I mean, the word... Uh, I think The only is. reason I'm saying that is because the word may is Wow, it does here. say may. It does say may. Okay, I would have to rethink that. We always just do it, but we could be wrong. Each gun or support weapon counter possessed by a unit eliminated in close combat may also be eliminated if the original colored die oh. roll da 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 now i think it's I, mean, so maybe if the die roll if is the, if the subsequent if is, die roll is i would say take so it's it not out. elective i would think not but i've never read that anywhere in all my readings i've yeah. done a lot of reading of the journals and annuals yeah i would think that came up so no i think yeah. it's pretty assumed it's gone oh uh, so we've got that question we'll ask that uh maybe our friends in manila to the group there's a lot of a lot of knowledge there in Manila, so we may hear about that before the end of the, sh- of the show. Single man counters, as I mentioned, do participate in close combat. They count as one for attacking. They count as one for defending. They can attack alone, but then they also must defend alone. Yes, and they make this very specific. I thought this was kind of funny. They make this very specific mention here that says, <clears throat> "Excuse me," because as you know. If there's multiple counters in there, each counter can make a separate attack on somebody. But it says if if you're if a single man counter is attacking with a multi man counter, if you're grouping them together, you must stack the multi man counter beneath. Let me just read this exactly. Single man counter must attack with the multi man counter it is stacked on top of if it is to combine firepower. So they must be stacked together. Okay. The player is free to rearrange his stack, going into you know the, before you before you actually go into close combat. combat. But you've got to have them stacked. Yeah, we kind of lay them out adjacent from each other. Yeah, and set our odds, and then put the leader by the squad he's defending with. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, why exactly they say that. I don't know if, what happens if somebody can do some sleight of hand and mix things up. I don't know. So anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Leaders take part in close combat as well. The leader modifier will affect the close combat die roll. So you are, not only do you add the one, but if there's a negative modifier. Yeah, he gets to add it also. So that's a nice thing. Got oh, and Mark Humphreys says uh, he reads that you have to roll for support weapon destruction. The may just means the support weapon might be eliminated. Like yeah. I kind of interpreted okay. it. All right. Okay. Thank you, Mark, for that. Um now, once they're in melee, that is, if the close combat is not fully resolved by the end of that turn, you put the melee counter on them, and then those units are lo- locked in melee, and in the next turn, they cannot leave that close combat. they got to stay in there. Yeah, whether they like it or not. Whether they like it or not. They cannot fire outside of that hex, of course, because they just can't. Other units can fire into melee, but you're going to risk. You're going you're gonna, to, if you shoot into a melee... You're not only going to affect the enemy, but you're going to affect your own. Yourself. I remember the first time someone did that. Yeah. Like, no, you can't do that. Like, yeah, we can. Mm-hmm. They were right. 
sometimes it's worth risking. Yes, it is. The lives of your own guys. Correct. If, if, you you know, have a man advantage on them. Right. Got to get rid of that guy. If you're really paying attention to your victory points sometimes, that's... Oh, correct. It makes sense to do that. So, um, but the the only occasion on which that will not have an effect is a sniper attack. So a sniper attacks, when they happen, can happen in a hex that's involved in melee, but it is not possible to affect your own units. Yes, he's 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 a real sure shot, right? Right. Okay. And hopefully everybody's wearing the, you know, like, Different colored uniforms, so the <laughs> sniper knows he's shooting the right guy. Um, broken units in the same location with enemy also can be involved in close combat. They can't attack, but they can defend. Right. But they do take a little a little die roll modifier for being because broken. of that, which is... Neg- Two? Neg, neg two. Is it? Okay. Neg two is correct. So Woo. you still have a chance, but not much of a chance at, at those odds. <laughs> nope. Those broken guys, though, um, cannot route during the route phase, of course. Oh, correct. They have to withdraw from melee. Right. Okay. And yeah, we'll get to withdraw in just mm-hmm. a moment. Yep. Um, and there are some modifiers that does, that are going to come into effect uh, besides just the leader modifier, there's also this issue of stealth. So for certain units, neg one, there's going to be a, they're going to have a neg one modifier because they're very good at sneaking this kind of sneaking in and this kind stealthy. of thing. So the Anzacs, that is the um, the Australians and New Zealand, and New Zealand uh, Army Corps, the Gurkhas, the Finns, Heroes, uh, Commandos, and partisan, Partisans are always considered stealthy. Okay. So they're always going to have that extra. Negative one die roll on there on their close combat. Yeah, Gurkhas have those knives that are supposed to be really great in close combat. Partisans, I guess, know the neighborhood typically. They're fighting in the right area. Yep. And they wear that charcoal and the black. uh, That makes them blind and hard to see them. The black hats. (laughs) Um, We should do an episode on Gurkhas. Just call it just Gurkhas. I read a book on Gurkhas once. It was really great. Do you remember anything? It was a great book. Uh, Little stories. Yeah. You know. I'd like to do that. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. Um, if your units are considered lax, then they're going to take a, a bad plus modifier. They're going to have a plus one. Okay. Uh, all inexperienced personnel are considered lax, so they're going to have that. And then some SSR rules may designate that units will be lax. Okay. Now, concealment, I think, is one thing that I've never really... That, I don't pay en- enough attention yeah. to, just in general, but in close combat, concealment you can have to. really big deal yes you want that so people should really you know if you're not paying attention to your um growing concealment part of the your turn you should because when you get involved in close combat concealment's a big deal obviously one of the things that's going to happen when you're in concealment is that when you're being fired upon in close combat it's going to be halved true firepower is going to be halved, just like it always is in concealment be careful though because if you fire of course you're going to lose concealment but that uh, you know that big a modifier is, is a is a pretty big deal. Now, also the interesting thing about concealment is that even though you may not resolve a a attack during the close combat phase, concealed units are not considered to be in melee, and they can withdraw. Oh, okay. Which I'd never yeah, really. Yeah, I think I forgot. That's one that. that that's one that I keep yeah. skipping as well. 
Right. I'm just so excited to get them into melee, to yeah. get a neg and all that. Right. So there may be occasions. I, I you know, there's probably going to be a, a lot of occasions where you're just going to drop the concealment and do the fight. <clears throat> but um, you know, depending on the victory conditions, you may want to just pull out of there, keep the concealment, and they can pull out of there. Now, withdrawing from melee is possible, and any any infantry unit can withdraw from melee. So, let's say we first close combat uh, came around. It wasn't resolved. We go into melee. Next time around, I decide to withdraw my, my infantry. I can do that. One or more infantry units can withdraw. Problem with that is big die roll modifier. You're going to take a neg two on that, uh, or it's going to, yeah, there's going to be a die roll of two modifier on that. So if I decide to pull out, if I decide not to attack you back, you're attacking me. It's yeah, likely it's gonna a die. big hit. I mean, it's hard likely to get out. Die. It's hard to get out. Yeah. Um, Mark points out that there are cases where concealment isn't lost in CC. I think you're going to get to those right with ambush and all. Oh right. Yes. Probably. Okay. Yeah. Um. Withdrawal. Now, this this is one I didn't know. So the withdrawal modifier is is, um, is further modified by adding a plus one for every friendly unit in melee, which is not attempting to withdraw. Oh, they're guarding you as you're trying to escape. Right. Right. So if, so you if you've got a large broken. stack in in melee, you could pull out one or two guys, maybe one or two, while the other guys cover you, and it's not such a big hit. Yeah. Let's say you wanted to protect a building hex, you had to, to guard or something. You could pull out a half squad, leave a squad to protect him. Right. Broken guys can route out, or I mean not route out, but withdraw. Right. And protected from good order guys still in combat. Right. And when you withdraw, you withdraw just like you, you would move pretty much the same way you would during an advance phase. Okay. One hex out. So one hex okay. out. It's got to be, you know, not occupied by yeah. an enemy unit. However, if it is occupied by a hidden unit, you're dead. The hidden unit gets oh. the hidden unit gets revealed, and your unit going into that hex it gets eliminated. So you do kind of need to be thinking about that. Dummies also get lost. Uh, yeah. If there are any lost. dummies in there, okay, they're gone. Now infiltration. This is one that I always forget about too, and I don't know why they call it infiltration, but infiltration happens if during a close combat you roll a two or a twelve. So, and do you do you play this? Yeah, or you play this all the time. Yeah. Do you know why they call it infiltration? Because I'm not you can quite then withdraw it. from it through the enemy line. So if there's a line of some squads, whatever, I move into close combat. I roll the two, yeah. or they roll the twelve, right. right? Then I can withdraw through the enemy line, past them without having to fight them. But so, you still you still have to. Play out the close combat. You, you have no. to play out the no, the role that causes it. And if you survive it, then you can withdraw. Okay, but if they roll boxcars, I should survive. Right. And if I roll snake eyes, they should be you dead. You probably should. Yeah. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah I guess that's can, true. But, yeah. So I think that's yeah. where infiltration comes from. You're most likely going to move through their line and through the enemy I line. see. Okay. okay. If, if you want to withdraw that way. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. So in that case, um, the close combat really isn't simultaneous because that withdraw happens before other close combats in that same location would occur. 
Okay. Where normally you would fight all the close combats together, resolve them all. Um, in this case, if there's an infiltration, you know, a 2 or a 12, you take that first, you move those guys out before you continue on with the close combat. So it breaks that simultaneousness of it. And there are three other occasions where that simultaneity, I think that's really a word. Not, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> doesn't occur. One is close combat versus a vehicle. Correct. One is ambush. Ambush. And the other is prisoners. Oh. So we'll take these one at a time. Close combat versus vehicle, if you're in the same hex as a vehicle, the non-vehicle player goes first. And it gets resolved before the vehicle player goes. That is correct. Yeah. Uh, In the case of ambush, the guy that's doing the ambushing goes first. Yes. In the case of prisoners, prisoners always go first. They do. They attempt to eliminate their captor before any other close combat stuff occurs. When they get the chance to do that. Yeah. Right. And if there, I I love this rule, rule 11.34, should more than one sequential combat criterion occur in the same close combat, the highest numbered rule takes precedence. (laughs) Yikes. Let's just kind of do them all or just They they don't, they think of everything. (laughs) And the last part uh, I'm going to cover is ambush, which just happens if when you advance into close combat in a building or woods, you have the opportunity to have an ambush happen, in which case you do or you roll and apply some modifiers. And if you achieve ambush, then you get to go first and take a a whack first. Yes, before they can the attack enemy, back. Before they can attack back. With a negative one for right. ambush. That's right. And they have to take plus one, right? When they do attack back, when they if attack they're not back, dead. If they're not dead. Yes. So... And the ambush, there's some modifiers uh, uh, for the ambush, but basically you roll for the ambush, you apply a modifier, so there's a plus two modifier if you are cavalry vehicle or in a pillbox. Easy to, to go get. We, we, we can see you. You're right. on a big horse. Right. So it's hard to ambush somebody. If you're, if they're, if you're riding in on a big horse, it's hard to ambush yeah. them. If you're above a bank counter, this is one I've never seen, the that's bank counter. in the pond. Uh, that's... Um, um, the Pacific Rules, it's the rice paddies. There's really? Divide the rice paddies. Oh. It's like Vietnam when they walked along the rice paddies. Yeah. The edges. Yeah, that's what that is. Holy cow. I've never actually even seen those counters. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> it's pretty rare. Are they only in PTO? Yeah, only in PTO, and a lot of people will avoid them like the plague. Wow. And then there's the Pangee counter. So uh, plus two for a bank counter. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously hard you're to up, ambush yeah. somebody. You're up on a on the open thing. water field. Plus one if you're uh, above a Pangee counter. Plus one if you're buttoned up or a stunned a- AFV. Okay. Plus one if you're CX, lax, broken, pinned, or berserk. Yes, because you're each, crazy. Those are cumulative. Oh, they are cumulative. They're cumulative. Yeah. Uh, plus one if you're uh, the attacker in a jungle attacking into a hex. Be, which pl- makes plus sense. Plus one? Oh, because it's you're making noise like as you in, come through the jungle? Yes. Jungle, kunai, or bamboo, same thing. Right. You know, you're moving through the bamboo. You see the leaves moving, moving yeah. before the guy comes in. Minus one if you're stealthy. Minus two if you're concealed. That's another huge. good reason. So for being concealed, even if you're going to elect to drop your concealment once you get in there, at least you've got that minus two as you're ambushing. Correct. To give you a real advantage. Correct. And often I played a guy again. I said it before on the show. He kept a leader concealed in the hex. 
and let the squad first fire as I came in, and then final fire to Jason at me. And I'm like, why isn't he letting that leader go? Yeah. You know, he kept him concealed just so he had that neg two in the ambush. Ah. And I'm, so my advancing fire, I'm like, dang, I got to bust that guy. So stick an extra half squad or somebody in there, keep him concealed just to get the neg two. I never would have thought of that. Yeah. And then leader modifiers, yeah, apply also, as you just said. Yeah, neg one, neg two, neg three. So, um, and then the... Um, the last part about ambush is that if you win the ambush, you have the option to withdraw. Oh, correct. You cannot attack at all. Right. Because you got the jump on the guy. Right. You see him coming or you, you know, see where he is, and then you can opt to not engage in that combat. Which That's right. I often forget that one, too. Yeah. It's like, well, let's just withdraw now. Because I'm always thinking, I just want to kill guys. Yeah. I just want to shoot guys. I I made it in there. I'm just going to shoot them. But I've got to think more about that where it makes sense to, you know, run away and live to fight another day. So that takes us up through uh, rule 11.41. And that's going to pick up your end. Which is going to be close combat versus vehicles Ooh. in quiz show format. Hip hooray, we're living in the USA. Come on, you Yanks, all holler thanks. Hip, hip hooray. Welcome back, everybody, and now it's time for another episode of Quiz Show. It's time for a quiz show. I Jeffrey. wouldn't have even guessed. And you were on the spot, and listeners at home in the Philippines. Yeah, it's yes. going to be too slow for you to respond. So we're going to yeah. we're going to go on too quick, I think, today. But close combat versus vehicle eleven point five. I feel like Kitty Carlisle and Orson Bean should be here with me. I don't get the reference. They were always on to tell the truth. Oh. Yeah. Some of us aren't that old. You know, I I, I, I digress. <laughs> I was I was reading in Dragon Magazine the other day about uh, people were writing in and saying, "Oh yeah, we play just two of us. One guy's D&D. the dun- one and guy's the DM, up. and the other guy is the the player character, and they've been playing for years that way." I've actually done some solo adventures, solo adventures, yeah. but not for years. Yeah, and they say it's great. Probably, but. Yeah. It, Good I having know. a nice see, group together, I know. too. I agree, too. Well, this is close combat versus a vehicle. First of all, you use the close combat value when a vehicle attacks a squad because, you know, you had the firepower up, as you said, for the squads. Yeah. So the vehicles have, um, or the squads have a value they use to attack a vehicle. They don't count their firepower. Ah, okay. So the value is for a squad, Jeffrey, quiz show. Uh, for a squad, 111. <laughs> no, it's too high. Three. A little higher? 
Five. Five is correct, okay. Jeffrey. And a crew is different than a half squad. Four. Correct. And a half squad... Yeah, because a crew is actually the weapon they've got plus the crew, right? No, the crew, I think, is... Like just a crew by themselves well, is four? You know, they're the ones trained in uh, anti-tank weapons. Yeah. There may be okay. a crew from a tank, so they might have okay. better knowledge of how to take out a tank. Yeah. But it's a four. A four, okay. And a half squad is a... Three. And, of course, a single-man counter by himself. One. No, higher. Oh, a two? A two, because I guess you can't roll a one on two dice. Maybe. Right. So they give the guy the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Now, there are modifiers to those. Would you happen to know any offhand? I know that's pushing it. Well, I suppose if they're CX. Not on here. Lax? Inexperienced, yes. That's okay. where the wax comes in. Neg one. Okay. And what kind of... Well, assault engineers, I'll just tell you. Oh, okay. Plus one. Plus one, yeah. Single man counter added to a squad's close combat value is a plus one. So you have your squad, add a leader, that's now a six basic CCV. Five plus one for the leader, six, and he gets to add his modifier, of course. But a leader alone is two. By himself, but you can't add two to the five. You only get to add one. Okay. But, you know, the mathematical probabilities make the six a much better shot than the snake eyes. Yeah, right, sure. And if you're pinned... Your scrod. Your scrod, man. Half firepower. Okay. So you make a die roll. This is a... Um, and this is not simultaneous because the uh, the infantry goes before the... Correct. The vehicle. Correct. And that, if you roll your dice equal to the close combat value, the vehicle's immobilized. So, uh, I, I, sorry, and what is the value for the defending vehicle? Oh, it's firepower. Oh, it's firepower. Yeah, it gets to add okay. its... Uh, it has uh, machine guns and stuff okay. added in. Okay. Um, so if you roll less than the close combat value, mm-hmm. it's eliminated. Less than half of the infantry attacking the vehicle, it becomes a... Burning wreck? Correct. Um, ding, 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 ding. And, we're, and now... We're missing our buzzer. Yes, we don't have our buzzer. for. <laughs> we don't have two people competing. Yeah. May two squads combine for an attack. Sure. No. No, wait a minute. I said you, yes. I know, but but that would give you... A, <laughs> they got to change that rule. It gives you a CCV of 10, right, instead of 5. Oh, right. Think of the odds of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 3 can combine as a 15. So, no. They ask each squad, half squad, to attack separately. So um, each one gets revol- resolved separately. Correct. Oh, wow. May a leader combine with a squad. Yes. Yes, as we've said. Yeah. May a crew combine with a squad. <sighs> I'm going to roll the dice on this one, uh, as they say. No, I'm saying no. No is correct. Yeah. And can a single close combat attack get infantry in a hex and the vehicle? So if I'm attacking, if the enemy vehicle has friendly infantry with it, Polish vehicle, yeah. Polish infantry in the hex, can a single close combat attack by my infantry kill both the infantry and the vehicle at once? No. No, it's correct. How about other personnel in the hex? Heck with them. That's that's way out there. The heck question. with them. The answer would be yes, but only players, passengers, riders, crew. Oh. So the dude's in the vehicle, the okay. dude's on the vehicle. Yeah. If the vehicle's eliminated, 
may a crew role for crew survival in I close would, combat? Let me. Th- yeah, you go into gonna close s- combat. Roll grenades. I'm going to say tank, no. Blows up. No is correct because suddenly that throws a whole new wrench in the yeah. whole close combat thing. Well, plus they're you know they'd be coming out of the tank or whatever. Yeah, and the guys are there. And they, you just thing. be popping them. Yeah, which May- is another nice way. Which is a nice way of saying you'd be shooting their heads <laughs> off. <laughs> May two attackers make two attacks. Separate attacks. No. Well, wait attackers. a minute. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you said the yeah. squads can't combine, so obviously they have to be separate. Correct. So tactical advice. If enemy infantry and a vehicle are in the hex, you move two units in and attack the infantry first, and then that allows you to take the second one to attack the vehicle if you succeed. Oh, okay. Because there's modifiers for that. Uh, rule 11.501. Unlikely kill. So if you can't roll a two, okay, so I'm in a close combat against the vehicle. Yeah. Modifiers make it where I, I can't, uh, snakes is not enough to kill it. Then it becomes the unlikely kill. So if you roll snakes, you get the unlikely kill. Which means you got to roll again to yeah. see if you actually get a kill. Okay. A one makes it a burning wreck. Mm-hmm. A two is eliminated and a three immobile. That happens so rarely for me. You bet. I, when but I, need you ever to, need... I really need to learn this part. Yeah, and I would kind of like the rule to read, if you happen to roll a snake, guys, it's gone no matter what. Keep it simple. Yeah. Rather than if you roll snakes and you can't get a snakes. Then right, you then you got to roll again. Yeah. But 11.51, close combat versus unarmored something. <laughs> oh, oh. Unarmored Uh-oh, it's Dave's chicken vehicle. scratch. Yeah, it's dyro modifier. Unarmored dyro modifier. What is the modifier when you attack an unarmored vehicle? Neg what? Oh, an unarmored vehicle. Neg two? Go one more. Neg one. No, I'm sorry, the other way. <laughs> I knew that. <coughs> Neg three. Neg three. Easy to take out those unarmored vehicles. Oh, yeah. Throwing grenades under them. Right. What is in... Oh my gosh! <laughs> I gotta type these things up, Jeff. Oh, no. And you're wearing the good glasses. What is it? Well, I can read it, but it's scribbly. <laughs> what is it versus a vehicle with no manned usable machine gun? That's what it is. What's your oh. close combat modifier? The the tank machine guns are broken. <sighs> Plus three. No, no, it's a negative in your favor because the oh right, the yes, of course. Vehicle well, doesn't have right, a, oh, neg three, neg one. Is that all? Was neg three for unarmored vehicle? Oh yeah, and this right. is an armored tank with no machine gun. Yeah, but yeah. you can just walk right up to it. Neg or... one. Well, yeah, you're right. Well, it can that, still that, run you over. Yeah, that's and it true. It can okay. still fire its main armaments, I guess. So does now, um, it does not include a main armament of fifty or less. But one of 15 millimeters or less, it would include that as a machine gun. Oh, okay. Just for the record book. Right. Can a... Yeah, I would think if the, you know, above a certain level, the armament is going to be, the main armament was is going to be totally ineffective in a close combat situation. Above a certain level? Yeah. Wouldn't it? You're telling me like a 75 LL would be... you got to be able to fire it close at the infantry, which you can't usually. So right. yes. Um, can a shocked, stunned crew 
man a machine gun for that purpose, you know? The crew's shocked and stunned. Can they man the machine gun on the tank? No. No. Shocked and stunned, they cannot do that. I thought, well, yes, they can, just not very well. Now, what's the modifier for a unbroken, unpinned, armed enemy, half-squad crew in the hex with the vehicle you're attacking? So, again, the Polish tank, the Polish squad's in there. You want to attack the tank, that half-squad adds a modifier of... Really? Adds it to the tank? Uh, against I mean, you. It's a modifier against yeah. you, a plus. Plus one? Correct. Hmm. So if it's a full squad, it's then a... Plus two. Correct. And if they're withdrawing that squad, like you talked about, withdrawing from away away from the tank, do they get to count that plus one? I would say no. No. And if they are buttoned up in a half-track, so you're attacking a half-track vehicle, mm-hmm. open-topped, there's a squad in there, but they're buttoned up, mm-hmm. down hiding around the walls. Do they get to add the plus one modifier against you? I would say yes. They're buttoned up, hiding down oh, against them? me. Oh, against you. Against me. Right. No. No. And if they are in a telephone booth, would they get to <laughs> add the modifier? Is it those um, those sort of open telephone booths, or is it more of the closed uh, it's glass more the closed. with the heavy uh, glass? The glass. So I'd say, yeah, 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 no. No. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're uh, going to close combat a vehicle that's still moving. Whoa. Oh, that gets harder. Oh. That's a plus what? Two. <laughs> Two is correct. And does an ambush time modifier apply if you ambush a tank? Uh, yeah. Yes, you are correct. And if you have a hero, can he help you attack the tank Of better? course. Of course. And can leadership uh, help you attack the tank better? I would say yes. Yes. And if a leader attacks by himself, going with that snake eyes roll, right, oh. can he apply his modifier to himself? No. No, you are correct. It's very good. Yeah. No, I knew that. And 11.52. <laughs> well, it's logical, you're saying. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. He can't, he, can't modif- he can't order himself into it. I tell yeah. me how to fight better. Right. <laughs> capture. Ooh, what kind of a vehicle may be captured? What's the requirement to capture a vehicle? A vehicle has to be in a certain condition. Is that? Well, I would say uh, abandoned, right? You are correct. Yeah. Yeah, which I never think of because I never yeah. see abandoned vehicles I mean, yeah, it's pretty rare. much on the field. Yeah. But I think about it once in a while, and then I usually check the SSRs, and it says, you know, crews oh, may not abandon their Yeah. So... Uh, I made a note to read the rest of this rule aloud instead of making a quiz show out of it. Eh, listeners can look it up at home. 11.52. Now, because the rules seemed, I did them in order, Jeff, and this, like, you're doing more logical presentation. Even to advance into a location with a manned, unconcealed enemy armor fighting vehicle, what do you have to roll? To advance into that. Um, you have to roll something, right? We call it a... Oh, I forgot. It starts with a P. Piñata. No. <clears throat> Patsy. That's how Oh, Bob of course. That's it. right. The P-A-T-C. Right. You have to roll your task check to your go into check. the... Fight the vehicle in the first oh, place. I forgot about that. And since it's a Patsy, if you fail it, you are... Pinned. Correct. 
And who's exempt from a patsy, a pin check? It's kind of generic uh, rule. Berserker. Correct. Mm-hmm. Whoopee. Fanatic. Single man counters also. Oh, right. Single okay. man counter. Fanatic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, is a patsy leader modified? If my leader's with a squad, can he add his modifier to their patsy check? Encourage them yes. to go in? Yes, he can. Even if the leader doesn't advance, so he can send them in to attack the tank. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Even if he doesn't advance. And then there's a kind of squad that's really cruddy. They don't take a... They they, they have to add a one task check on their patsy to go in. They have to add one to the die roll. Crappy squads. So like conscripts and greens or... uh... Inexperienced is correct. That's inexperienced. So a unit passes its patsy. There's three squads in the hex. The one passes his patsy. May he wait to see if the others pass theirs before he goes into the combat? Oof. May he change his mind before he goes in? Then? No, I would say no. No is correct. Yeah. May he that make his patsy check and then stop to have tea? <laughs> and maybe get his shoes shined? Can he do that? No. No, he has to continue in. May a unit that passes a patsy... Um, I'm sorry... What is the close combat die roll? So I'm going to attack a tank, and the tank is open-topped. Right. Yeah. What can you throw inside of there? Bread. If they're hungry and you want to feed the enemy, yes. Yes. But if you want to kill them, you throw in your... Hand grenades. Yes, you do. And the modifier, then, you get a modifier of a negative... Neg one. Better than that. Really? Oh, yeah. Neg two. Neg two versus open-topped or partially armored. You know, some tanks yeah. don't have armor all the way around. And what if it's a crew-exposed closed I was just going to so ask, his yeah. head out of the hatches. Right. Not as big of an opening, so it's a neg. Neg one. Neg oh, one. Okay, so there we go. I thought, why skip right to the neg two? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so there's a neg one for... Because that's the okay. best. Yeah. And if it's immobile, the tank can't move to flee or attack as you're close combating it. Neg one. Neg one is good enough for us. Now, can the player's rider's crew of a vehicle destroyed in close combat? Passengers' rider's crew. Uh, you said player's rider's crew. Oh, I'm sorry. Passengers, passengers. thank you. Yeah. yeah, inside the vehicle, on the vehicle, or in the vehicle again, the crew and the passengers, which is destroyed in close combat, can they be placed on board into the close combat? Uh, no. Yeah, we said that already. Yeah. They are eliminated. Right. It reappears in a different rule, 11.6. Can riders be attacked separately? Now, that's a question. So I'm riding on the tank. Here comes, there's the tank, and the riders are on it. I leap out of a building and advance into close combat, make my patsy check. Can I attack just the riders? I would think yes. And you are correct. I yeah. have never, ever done it. Excuse me? Yeah, you're going to have a lot better chance against just the riders. I would think. Yes. And if you're, you know, if you're going after points. That may be all you need is the two points for the squad on the tank. Yeah. And then there are modifiers to that. The vehicle's in motion? Uh, No, 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 just the riders are on it, and the riders are going to fight back. Are they at an advantage or disadvantage being on the tank? Uh, Disadvantage, I would say. Plus one. Okay. And you get a neg one to attack the riders on the tank. Okay. So if you really need those two points, right, and there they sit, 
go for it. You got to neg one against them and not against other people. So they um, get a plus one on their attack back, and you get a neg one. And you get a neg one on them. your attack on that. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. And does close combat versus a vehicle take into account the vehicle's armor factor? Thick armor, thin armor, does that modify I don't think it? so. No, it does not. Yeah. Why is that? Well, you're throwing grenades on the engine deck. Or right, you're not trying to treads. go through the armor. Um, right. Yeah. What does an armor, 11.62, what does an armor fighting vehicle use to attack the infantry back? We touched on that earlier, briefly, with some of the Machine factors. guns. Machine guns, and that is the... The bow machine gun. No. Oh, the coax. The coax, because it's on the turret. And the, the and AA, because you could be up there swirling right. it. Right. Yeah, the bow does not Yeah, the count. bow wouldn't. Okay. Interesting. Well, if you're coming from the front, I guess it assumes the infantry is going to move around the sides. Yeah, probably just too easy. in the front. Yeah. Now, you can also use the IFE equivalency firepower of a turreted main armament less than 15 millimeters, as yeah. we mentioned before. Now that's, that's light enough where you can turn it. Yeah, I guess that is. Be useful. Yeah, or it's it. like a... Yeah. Yeah, smaller ammunition weapon. Right. Maybe. Um, the only other ways are rear machine guns. Riders okay. can fire back. Okay. Crew exposed passengers in the half tracks, but if they're buttoned up, no. Or close defense weapons system. Okay. Which was the Nafer Tidy Gungus Yeah. Now, can the coaxial machine gun count if it can fire only through the vehicle covered arc? Some coaxes can't turn. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. I would say no. No is correct. No. What if it was installed backwards on the vehicle accidentally by the construction company? Put it <laughs> fire into the melee. Uh, oh, really? Uh, uh, <laughs> you look so serious. I am serious about this. You really are serious? No, I'm not okay. serious at all. Okay. <laughs> so the answer is no. Wow. Now... They may be combined by a vehicle into one or more combined attacks or used separately, those things we listed. The coax, the AMG, the firepower could be combined, which I think I always do, or used separately. Against separate uh, against I, separate targets. So you could go after the leader I with guess. one thing. You could go after a squad with another thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess you do that saying. in close combat. You can split your... Yeah, firepower of the <coughs> yeah. firepower. As long as you don't attack the same thing twice. Right. Now, this would not include, not include the close defense weapon system, but all firepower is used to form odds ratio versus the defender's close okay. combat value. Yeah. It's never increased, but is half for motion, or if the vehicle's, uh, if the vehicle's in motion, or if any of those firepowers are pinned, mm-hmm. half for concealed enemy units. Hmm. A defender's close combat value cannot be reduced ever below one. Uh, you treat any condition that would do so. So if the guy's close combat value is reduced below one for some reason, you treat that condition that would lower it as a uh, dyro modifier instead against it. Um, oh, okay. Does multiple rate of fire then... Okay, back to the questioning. That was teaching moment. Does multiple rate of fire apply in close combat? Multiple rate of fire on the vehicle's weapons? No. No. Does intensive fire penalties apply? No. No. I would have thought yes, but no is correct. 
Do unarmored vehicles attack infantry and cavalry the same oh, way? Intensive fire. So, oh. so if the guy's already fired mm-hmm. the machine guns mm-hmm. in an earlier phase, well, it would be the main armament less than or equal to fifteen because you can't intensify uh, machine guns on the tanks. Oh, right. But you could that main armament. You could the main arm. So if the main ar- main armament fired in an earlier phase, correct. You can fire it again without using intensive fire in close combat. Yeah. Oh, no, wow. No penalties on yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. And then do unarmored vehicles attack infantry or cav the same way as an armored fighting vehicle does? Unarmored vehicles, they have weapons on them. They yeah, attack I, would, the same I would guess. Yeah. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Now, 11.6. If they live through their uh, the yes. attack against them, which comes first. Correct, which is sequential. Yeah. 11.621, I made a note to read it on mm-hmm. your own listeners. Um, and then 11.622, we did it in a previous episode. It was the Nafertiti Gungus. Gungus Fafa. Yes. And 11.7, so you're in melee and you said you can't leave melee with infantry. Can a vehicle hold enemy infantry into a melee just like infantry can? So yeah. Yes, it's correct. Can a vehicle be held in melee by the infantry? Ooh. <clears throat> uh, I'm going to. I'm going to say no. You are correct. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever ever done this. Never I thought about that. Probably should have. Just drive right out. Maybe. I, uh, yes. Just drive right out during the movement phase. Yeah. Not held in melee. So technically speaking, they don't get a melee counter Correct. put upon them. Yeah. And then if you're in that melee, can you fire outside of the location in a prep fire phase? No. No, it's correct because of fire uh, limits of same thing as a vehicle bypass right. freeze yeah. right? ideas. Yeah. Um, so tactically I was thinking, so if it's near the end of the game, I want to disrupt this tank's ability to fire at some hex somewhere. I have some extra half squads coming up behind it. Mm-hmm. I want to advance into their hex in close combat, force them to then move out of my hex so they can fire in the prep fire phase. Mm-hmm. Well, they couldn't prep then. But anyway, maybe that's something oh, right. you can they do. Couldn't prep. Maybe you can use game pieces to move in that you don't need into that hex, forcing them. So they're going to prep at my adjacent hex that I have to own. Yeah. I move someone in there, now they can't prep outside of that hex. Right. Right. So they lose that shot. Yeah. Or have to fire an advancing fire. And then can you hold a passenger of a mobile vehicle? So you have this vehicle, it can move around and has a passenger on the vehicle. Can you hold them in melee? We said you can't hold the vehicle in melee. I would say yes. They're on the vehicle. I'm picturing this now. He's on the vehicle. He's on the mobile vehicle. He's you can't hold in melee. Yeah. No, then so he gets away. He's riding right on it. He goes right off. So so you can't keep these passengers on this vehicle in melee because they can drive right away. Mm-hmm. So um, if there, it's an immo- immobile vehicle, the treads are blown off, do you hold them in melee? Yeah. Yes, you do. Can you hold cavalry in melee? No, I don't think so. You are correct. Can you hold skiers in melee? No. You're correct, because they're all on these transportation devices. Right. I never knew this. And cycle, bicycle... Motorcyclists? Yeah. 
Um, yes. No. Same oh. logic. Cavalry cannot. Skiers cannot. Motorcyclists cannot be held in melee. How about bicyclists? It depends on the on the brand of the motorcycle. No, it does not. It does not. Bicyclists. How about them? No. And how about unicyclists? <laughs> well, let's see. If it's a clown and he's got a like a <laughs> rubber duck and a. And last question: rollerbladers. Yeah. Can they be held in melee? No. 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 And you wouldn't want to. No. You really because don't what want are they going to gonna do to you anyway? Yeah. So really, yeah, I did not know that, Jeff. That you, if you're on skis, cav, or cyclists, yeah, you're not held in melee. Yeah. Now, if I can refer, in, in as long as we're talking about close combat, to two charts that Rich Spilkey came up. Yes, with you may. In his delightful um, selection of charts. Uh, chart number 14 he's got, which you should take a look at. It's uh, infantry, t- fire table, and close combat effects on units guarding prisoners based on unit size. So if there's, if we mentioned prisoners take their shots first during close combat. It's one of those non-sequential things. And he's got a chart to show the results depending on the unit size and their odds, oh, yeah. their odds then on... The close combat role. Right. Excellent. And then on table 15, which is quite a bit more uh, exhaustive, uh-huh. actions that opposing AFVs or known infantry units may take after being marked with a close combat or melee counter following the first close combat phase. Oh. Which I only had a 60 seconds to look at before we yeah. before we got to showtime, so I really, really didn't get through this very much, but... Um, it's all in there. <laughs> I'm too they tired can take to look a lot at. of actions. Yeah. Well, we've been a long night. Yeah. Yeah. Situations. But, yeah. But basically, it goes over. a mobile vehicle. Personnel versus a mobile armor yeah. plane vehicle. A mobile, but stopped. And you so have it kind of covers the actions. Covers a lot of the stuff yeah, that you based, went over. Yeah. Well, but, but in firing. chart format, without have so you don't have to sift through the paragraphs. So yeah, far. and we didn't cover some of this because it's actions you take when they're moving. Right. Yeah, very good, Rich. Yeah. So um, put some work into those. Yeah. We'll put another link in the show notes to Rich's tables. Well, sir, is it time for an interview? I think it is. I think it is. And We've got some good interviews still left over from Aslock. Back from Aslock? Yeah, amazing stuff. And I'm thinking it's going to be... Scott Holst? Oh, we've got to do this, Scott. Got to be Scott Holst. <laughs> yeah. So, that alone. Without further ado, here it is. Here it is. Scott Holst. And now, we're talking with Scott Holst, the one, the only, Scott Holst. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Known the world over. As Probably, uh, yeah. As what? Notorious. Notorious. <laughs> no, I'm not notorious. I'm just opinionated. In a good way. Ah, uh, yeah, I suppose. So, so how, what you guys want to know? Well, you've huh? been, you're, you're here, you're here at Aslock. How uh-huh. come? You playing squad leader? Playing lots of squad. I've been here since Saturday, man. Uh, man, I'm toasted. Are you? <laughs> it's been a long week, huh? Oh, How boy. many games did you get in? Is I think I got about 21, 22 games in. Oh, that's a, actually you're the most we've talked to so far. Yeah. yeah. And you've been playing different kind of things. You've been playing that really large hex, uh, Ivan's... Ivan's War. I was playing Ivan's War from Critical Hit. I played... Uh, Last night, played an Africa Core scenario. Played an Africa Core scenario a couple of days back, caught head on at Alamhafia. 
they're all pretty good scenarios. And uh, played Vela Guards yesterday, too. Oh, that was awesome. Played, uh, what was it called? Um, Storming the Factory. Mm. That was, it was intense. It was intense. But unfortunately, my, I hit my CVP cap. I secured all my victory locations, but I hit the CVP cap, so I lost and the game. And it's an automatic loss if you yeah, lose too many yeah. points yeah. in the game. But it was a fun game. John McDermott was a great, a great opponent, great player, man. I really enjoyed playing him. Uh, played played some really classy people over here while I was here. Usually, and it's usually that I've never had once have had a problem uh, finding anybody to play here. Yeah, and all the people I've found that have played here have always been really cool, been classy players. Not a problem at all. Yeah, I think we talked earlier. All the all the mean ones are at home on uh, Game Squad forums. Right, the mean yeah. ones are on Game Squad forums, trolling and uh, whining. <laughs> and they're not out playing. They're not out playing. No, if you if you're not out lifting weights, running, or playing ASL, then you ain't doing jack. <laughs> Do you have a regular exercise program that you oh, maintain? Yeah. yeah. Now, are you in as a personal as a person you were in the military your background yes i am and i'm in united states army national guard i'm a sergeant oh okay right now and then um your claim to asl fame now why is it that we know your name so well i don't know you tell me <laughs> well, i just i just designed a few dogs that was it okay i thought you had designed some scenarios yeah i designed a few dogs i, I designed dogs i don't design anything balanced <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> um, what what scenarios? Would I've I know? I've designed not a lot. I'm not I'm not a prolific designer. I'm 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 more of a, if it really interests me, I'll work on it. You know, but if it, you know, I just don't design stuff just to get get my name in print or you know just to be prolific. You know, and be like a heat seeking missile, send a whole bunch of scenarios out to uh, uh, ASL land for people to play. You know, or play test or whatever. I uh, I have to really like I said I have to really like the subject and it has to be really interesting and then if once I once that's accomplished then I uh, buy the book or whatever I really do research on the web for my uh, subjects yeah to get historical accuracy yeah, to get historical accuracy because I'm I'm not like Mark Pekavich I like to be I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I can see where he's coming from I like to be very uh, I'm a stickler yeah that's good. <laughs> That's not a fault. We're going to have to edit that out. Apologies, Mark. Oh, no, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but it's but to me, when uh, you know, your research has to be, I'm, 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 I'm very into historicity. But not, I'm into historicity, but I'm not into uh, overcomplications. Yeah, in the, in the scenarios. And we the have scenarios. been playing some Picavage scenarios, which we've been enjoying, actually, because they've added some complexity to it. I was ready for that. Yeah. After playing a lot of straight-up, one-night scenarios, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, one of my favorite Pittman scenarios is uh, Road to Rome. That's a very good scenario. I think I saw you guys playing it last night. Yeah, we were playing that yesterday. Excellent scenario. Uh, Another good one is Aggravation, Aggregento, or something like that. Don't remember Um, that Yeah, that's in our pack. I think so. Avant, well, we'll have to look. Anyway, yes. Yeah. So he's got got quite a few going. He has a couple of dogs in there, you know, but, you know, it happens. When you you design a whole pack, you're not going to get a perfect scenario in there. You know, I have, when I design my SS pack, there's the same problem I have. I have a couple of, I'm sure I've got a couple of dogs in there. I think one of them is, uh, uh, one with a one with a bunch of French guys in SS on the the Pegasus Bridge historical map. I forgot the name of it. 
but it might not be uh, very balanced. Balanced, and so no. um, when when you, how do you think it is that you overlook something like that that makes it not balanced? Just didn't get the right play testers, or it was it's usually uh, just you just missed something. You, you can't it can't be perfect. Yeah, there goes Mark now. <laughs> no, we've been very complimentary of Mark. He understands. He knows. He's oh, yeah. a cool guy. He's, a, yeah, he's an okay guy. guy. Huh. Um, so you've been playing uh, well, I squad get to leader, this though. SS pack. Oh, you want to get yeah, to the Yeah, okay, tell us more about that. I never had this SS pack. Oh, well, Alex Keith is selling it right over here. Okay. <laughs> it's called uh, Out of the Cellar, uh, I think, 3. Oh, Out of the Cellar 3. Yeah. Okay, so the Latour guys published the, it? The Latour guys published it. It had the black SS counters? It has, it has, a, has a, a set of black SS. It has a, a small counter sheet of black SS counters to, for the scenarios, for the vehicles, and whatnot that were used in the scenarios. Okay, and you put this out before the MMP reissued the black ones in the bridge? No, no, no. This was before. This is after, way after. After it, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, when... Uh, Why have more... Well, what, what I did was I do I republished the black SS counters because MMP uh, I figured would not uh, be republishing them, republishing them again. So I said, "What the hell, man? I'll, I'll republish them." Yeah, you know, and they, they didn't. So you put them out, and then they did come out with them the later in the bridge, huh? Game when MMP didn't they have the black counters in the bridge? Right, the bridge too far. Yeah, okay, right. But ri- originally they were with a basic squad was, leader. They were with basic squad leader. Then Heat of Battle did them. All right, did the uh, uh, black SS counters yes, with the fear thing. I right, right, those. right. Yeah. And then they uh, then a, then when Heat of Battle did it, Kurt Schilling was like, "Oh my God, we've got to do the black SS counters." Yeah. And so they did the black SS counters. And, yeah, uh, so apparently people really missed them. I had never had them when I, I never played the original squad leader. I jumped in with ASL right away when it came well, out. Well, if one of my personal philosophy on this, I think the black SS counters are overrated. And uh, even though I did have them made, they're more of a pain in the butt to, to uh, you know, add to your order of battle because it takes up space. And if you want to travel, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, like when I came here, I didn't bring my black SS with me. In fact, this is probably the first as luck. I've been here for a week and I've not even played an SS scenario. Yeah. Hmm. Coincidentally. But, Coincidentally. But even if you had, it's just more stuff to carry. Yeah, more I stuff understand to carry. your right, point right. about that. Yeah. And to punch and to corner cut. But you mm. could use the C4 corner cutter. I don't use like that crap. <laughs> now we've really got it. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a copyright infringing tool, I think. I wow. kid you, I kid, I kid He's you. Kidding, yes, of, course. Course. of course he did. Um now do you cut your corners though? Or I didn't look at your counters I'm when lazy. you were playing. Yeah, I have some some I do I used to do it a long time ago, but I haven't I but now I haven't really been cutting my cutting the corners on my counters. Uh, on my newer stuff I've been getting. I haven't been I haven't really been doing that. I've been really lazy about it. Yeah. Now, um, so your biggest achievement may have been this SS pack. Have you done other packs of things, or I think I think my biggest achievement was doing the SS pack. Yeah. And getting that published, and there's some good styles in there. I, I've really, I mean, I've seen people playing a damn die hard. I've seen people playing uh, uh, counterattack along the Danube. You know, another SS scenario with Hungarians and Axis miners and Budapest. You know, but the scenarios are cool, but they're not complicated. Yeah, 
That, that makes a good, and especially for a tournament situation, those work well. Well, they're large. They're large scenarios, too. So in a tournament, it's going to be kind of tough to uh, play them. But if you're doing open gaming like here, it's not a problem. Yeah. But like at the open, it would be harder to get them into the yeah, time slot. Yeah. Um, uh, Jeff, you were going to say? Well, what, was your major, what was your major question, Jeff? Come on, shoot. Well, <laughs> I was wondering if you had uh, something on the horizon that you're thinking about putting together um for for a critical hit i have to go to the restroom doug is going to sit in for me for a little moment to finish the interview with scott oh sure so go ahead keep talking scott well for critical hit i i'm working on uh, I, I submitted the burrow gooby campaign for new platoon leader rules burrow gooby is a battle between the italians and the, and the uh, british that took place in uh november 1941 at, at, at the crossroads of Biragubi, a small, a small little hand, a small little, Greece? huh? It, where, where it's is North it? Africa. Oh, okay. North Africa. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, it uses the Tolbrook map. Uh, it's kind of cool. And there's a scenario that goes along with it. And then uh, I got a couple of things, you know, that I might do for uh, dispatches for the bunker. A couple of things for maybe bounding fire productions, but I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Because. I do when I find designs one or two things. That's it for me. I'm done for the year. Yeah. So you just you pick a topic that you're interested right. in, and kind of, and like, just another, like that. Huh? There's another topic I'm interested in right now. It's 1945 with the Americans and the Germans uh, fighting, but it's not SS. It's a regular. It's uh, it's near the war, and there's some. There's some fighting. There's some fighting that went on around that area that uses some unique, interesting equipment. I'm checking it out. You know, got to order some books on it. But I like I like to see late war Americans versus German scenarios more because I'm not a big Eastern Front fan. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I really, in fact, I think the Eastern Front's probably my, the least my least favorite front. Yeah. And then um, when you design stuff, do you? Do you worry about having to create a lot of special rules in order to make the uh, scenario work? No, you try try to avoid that. Or? If you when you create special rules, man, gotta just th- try and uh, not to be too cute with them. If you're too cute with special rules, what ends up happening is people have questions. Mm-hmm. You know, then what ends up happening is you know it's like becomes a big confusing factor. I mean, look at AP six. It's a nice, it's a, it's an interesting pack, but. Really SSR heavy, uh, vitro condition heavy. So you got to do some serious thinking in, with these with these scenarios. These are not tournament type scenarios, I don't think. Yeah. No, they're very uh, intense yeah. scenarios where you have to set you have to set them up at home and play them with your buddy. I mean, you could try them at a tournament, but you know, after after a day playing regular a couple of scenarios, you know, you got to turn to these things. You're like, uh, you know, your your mind's pretty fried by then. Right. At least mine is. I was just going to say, my mind is typically fried after the first turn of any SL yeah. scenario. So. How are you doing, Doug? Did you win your game? Uh, I've won Did, one did Dave Gitter crush you? He absolutely crushed me. Outstanding. Yeah. it was. Uh, uh, there was a lot of uh, carnage and stuff that uh, was left over from that battle that I've never even seen before. Man. Yeah. I thought I trained you well, my friend. It, uh, I, I let you down. I, you did. I, I'm worried when I sit down and... And somebody has three copies of everything, including the first ASL binder ever made. And uh, I usually don't stand a chance. Well, Dave like Ginnard is the penultimate grognard. Yeah. He, he is. Uh, it, was, it was a schooling. Yeah. I, I can't blame him other than the fact that he's just uh, yeah, a much better player than me. But it was fun. Maybe it's, it's because he, he maybe just 
because he has more stuff than you. So you got to buy more stuff. You know, so yeah. see, it's like the Joneses thing. You know, the Jones. You know, Mr. Jones has more. I got to get more than Mr. Yeah, Jones. Exactly. You know? I'm, I'm just. I'm just going to start bringing more of my stuff to the tournaments. I think I'll play better. Well, we didn't get here on opening day, but next year we should come on Saturday because I'll bet it's like uh, first day of college with it's awesome. kids, you know, pulling up and unloading their cars. Mm-hmm. It must take, I can't believe the amount of equipment that people come in and park at this thing. Oh, yeah. So how much did you come with? Did you come with a, 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 a I came, trailer full of stuff? I came with a trailer full of stuff. Yeah. Everything you got, no, except for your black SS. Except for the black SS. Yeah. I brought I brought everything else. <laughs> Uh, you brought your own table and chairs, too, didn't you? No. I those, wasn't. those aren't yours? <laughs> no, those aren't mine. But Dave Goldman and Rich Domovich and I, we all came up here on oh, Saturday okay. afternoon. and uh, In the bus. Yeah, basically. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, they're not being. <laughs> I'm paranoid. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll let you know if anybody's behind you. Yeah. yeah, I think Glenn Hausman was behind me making, making uh, flashing gang signs. <laughs> ASL gangs. Think about that for a second. Oh yeah, yeah. We we need to form one. We should we should talk to Mark Pekavich about ASL gangs. He probably knows more about that than we do. <laughs> I'll terrorize neighborhoods. So what other questions do you have? There's Jeff. Um, you started with the original squad leader. And, yes. And before that, even probably right. Uh, I started off Africa Corps. Mm-hmm. Start off the Africa Corps. Then. When you were like five years old? No, no, when I was about 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. You know, and then went from there to squad. Then I found squad leader. Then from there started playing. Well, actually, I found actually I found squad leader when I was in the art while I was in the Navy. Okay. I found squad leader while I was in the Navy, and uh, so we, we had a regular opponents that played there. And then from there, uh, we went to um, went to advanced. When I got out of the Navy, I went to advanced squad leader. That was a, that was fun. It was always fun having only carry one or two boxes to a tournament. Yeah, you know, little cardboard box. It's all you yeah, have beyond valor. You, paratrooper yanks at the most, and yeah, and you're done. Those were the done. good old days. Those are the good old days. Now you got to carry a steam trunk full of crap. Yeah. Now most everybody that we talked to has talked about having uh, years where they didn't play any squad later, for whatever reason. After college, got married, raised kids, whatever. Well, those, are yeah. <laughs> those are losers. So you, you haven't had any of those years. Well, I had. Well, I, my two deployments kept me from playing. Oh right, okay, all right. But other than that, I've been at it for twenty-five years. Yeah, wow, nonstop. So, um, and you know, I just jumped in to fill in for Dave while he I uh, ran an errand. But uh, he had to go to use the bathroom, didn't he? Yeah. Um, well, hopefully he'll wash. I'm his not hands. sure how long he's going to be in there, so I'm not sure. How. We can only imagine what's going on in there. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to go in there uh, for some time now. Yeah. Right. I've oh. been using the ladies' room because ladies' uh, room. Yeah, so that was more well, cleaner. I bet. That's yeah. So when that, there are no so ladies here, there aren't any ladies here, so there's no there's waiting. There's one. There's one. There's one. Was oh, that who that was? Yes. Yes. That's kind of scary. I heard something from the stall next door. So, so, so I don't know, Scott. This question's been been asked of you. Did, you, did she ask you to spare a square? <laughs> I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say. Okay, go ahead. So how, if you did I don't say, piss and tell. Okay. I, well, I, remember I can, that I can Seinfeld for that, episode? Actually. All right. <laughs> go ahead. It's, 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 it's devolved since I've joined. Um, so uh, my question is, Scott, how many scenarios do you think you've averaged a year over your entire playing career? How often do you play? Oh, I try and play at least twice a week. 
So you get him to a good hundred scenarios a year. Yeah, but now uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut I'm gonna probably cut down my little bit of my ASL time, and because uh, my buddy wants to try ATS, so we're gonna give ATS a go a couple of times too. Oh, the advanced Tobruk system. Yes. Why would Why would you want to try to do that? It looks interesting. Okay. Is it like Is it like ASL light or? What? It's like It's like ASL light. Okay. And I'll look, like I said, it looks interesting. Uh, it's uh, it's a little bit simpler than ASL. It's like a lot, lot, lot less brain drain. And uh, I figure, what the heck? You know, he wants to give it a go. I'll give it a go. Yeah. You know, if nobody wanted to play it, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have bought it. So maybe you're going to do uh, ATS lock next year. ATS lock. I don't think there's. I don't think there's enough players for that. <laughs> No, no, no. This is this is just for this is just for fun. No, you got to come back here, man, because you're the you're a star here. You no, know? I'm not. But you're um, a star. I don't know if I'll be back here next year because this is cutting into my. Uh, every October we go to the range. At the for my for my uh, reserve units. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. And I had to get a dental. Uh, I had to go to my dentist to get an excuse to get out of it for this for this oh. asthma. Oh, for this. Okay. So I'm going to have to miss a couple. Before I could do come back here, yeah. So, so are you going to edit that part out of it when you air this? Probably. Yeah, his, we're probably we're probably going to cut out. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, we. You may not want to have that. Uh, we're going to uh, cut a lot out of this one. Uh, every, everything that I <laughs> everything that I've said. <laughs> oh yeah, it's All fine. Right. It's, been, it's been done before. Well, it's been good talking to you. Do you have anything? Do you, do you have anything you want to ask us as celebrities? Uh, do you listen to Do you listen to the show? I enjoyed your show. Oh, it's I nice. Think, I think uh, for that unsolicited. I enjoy. Uh, I, I enjoyed your. Uh, I enjoy your uh, conversation with some of the various ASL personas. You know. Yeah, we've uh, been lucky to have some really good interviews. You know, talk. You know, you've talked to a lot of the M and P uh, people. Yeah. Uh, you've talked to a lot of uh, the uh, other. Uh, producers of ASL. I don't know if you've have you talked to the ESG guys. Have you talked to uh, Tapio or Dave Lamb, or have you talked to uh, Perry from uh, yeah. MP? We talked to Perry yesterday, and we talked oh, yeah. to Glenn Hausman. Glenn, you got Glenn. Glenn? Yeah, yeah, we got Glenn. Okay. Yeah, he keeps wanting to come back every time I see him. He says, "Can I sit down and talk some more?" No, oh, well, no, Glenn, oh, Glenn, Glenn, we're busy. Glenn has some severe mental uh, <laughs> problems. That we have to, you know, that has to be dealt with. I and mean, when we go to the forums, you could tell. Have you ever see that picture on the forums he has in his uh, avatar? No, I haven't noticed. No, I haven't noticed. That's very scary. You know, I don't go on the forums all that often because they do get a little... Uh, Insane? Yeah, a little crazy sometimes, you know. When yeah, I see something, yeah. I see a posting that has... Forty or fifty pages of responses, you know. It's well, and, and half of them are, are, are Scots too. That's, no, they're yeah. not. <laughs> that's, no, that's when you know you should avoid that topic of conversation. <laughs> well, I think I think I'm going to I'm going to dedicate more of my time to World of Warcraft now. Yeah, there you go. Me too. Now you play World of Warcraft, yes, right? Yes, I do. Yeah, awesome. I, I so haven't played, I. you know, for the last few months. I've let my account go, but yeah, I have uh, four. I have no, I have five eighties. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Horde, enjoy- Horde or Alliance. Alliance. Oh, I'm all hard. Orders for uh, idiots. Wait, wait. What? <laughs> are, what are you again, Jeff? I, uh, well, uh, I am hard. Okay. Well, and, and what did <laughs> I, I forgot? What my did you say bo- about? My, I've made my point. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> this so this cool. is becoming a very tough crowd. Yeah, this is a tough crowd. Well, we, you know, well, what? see the thing is, it's the power of editing. I enjoy playing the alliance. <laughs> yeah, the alliance is awesome. Yeah, but anyway, I, I have no idea we, what you guys we, are talking we, about. We, di- we digressed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, uh, it was great talking to you. Jeff. Yeah, thanks for coming. You too, Dave and Doug and, and Doug and Doug. <laughs> Yeah, don't, don't ever confuse me with Dave again. Yeah, uh, we don't I'm know all. what happened to Dave. We may, you know what, Doug? Know. You're doing really well. We may just do away well, with Dave. I should keep you on, Doug. Anyway, yeah. take care, guys. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for coming by. No problem. Hey, Dave, Jeff. This is Pierce Ostrander yet again. Hey, I am just having a great time going back through all these old podcasts. It's it's wonderful to be back in the game, and, and you guys, great boon to. Feeling engaged and participating, even though I'm uh, not finding a lot of opponents. I've played once or twice since I went to Winter Offensive, but uh, anyway, it's just nice to vicariously enjoy the game with you guys. I really, really appreciate it. Say again, I'm really enjoying the show. It was fun to hear from your friend Bob um, Holstrom, I think it is, or Holstrom, um, that he learned the game from Steve Brasseur in... uh, uh, St. Louis. Uh, Steve used to live in Arizona, and so did I. And for about five years, uh, we played together uh, in the late '80s in uh, Arizona. And uh, I think Steve would probably say that I I taught him the game, uh, at least uh, improved his game significantly uh, together playing. And fun to hear that I've actually got a grandchild in Bob. So, you know, I taught Steve, Steve taught Bob, and, and there you go. Anyway. I think that was about episode four or five. I'm, I'm back to the be- all the way to the beginning again, and just really enjoyed it. So hey, thanks guys for what you're doing. Appreciate what you're what you're up to, and and keep it up. That's I'd say that's not enough for one episode. An- another episode fifty one. So again, all of our great guests we've 52. pushed off. Fifty two is going to be it's it. a nice number. Fifty two. Yeah. Fifty two is really yeah. that's. That's where it's all. Yeah, at. maybe the wives come in, maybe a round table, mm-hmm. maybe Ian Daglish. Maybe we never get to any of those things yeah. we talk about. And we still haven't gotten the PTO, paratroopers, oh, all those rules. Yeah. yeah. So we should make 100 if we can keep our energy going. Yeah, I would say. And I think we will as long as we continue to roll low. And rally well. But... Not, not when, when you're, you're playing, playing against us. us. No, 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 I don't like that. Don't do it. Don't do not it. Not liking that, don't boys do and it. girls. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. How will we recognize you? If you see them, how will we recognize you? Oh, so are you? Yeah, I think that would be one. Time for me to decide on the Yeah. I think we should do the Dago tease this time. What is it? It's the spaghetti with the spaghetti. Oh, no, no, no.